1: everybody, and welcome to another episode of To Be Discussed with Cup and Gur. My name is Callum Gur, and I'll be joined by my co host and political opposite, George Cup. Hello, everyone. This evening, Callum and I will prove to you
0: that you can have impassioned debates whilst holding vastly different opinions without falling out at the end of the evening. So, tonight, we will be discussing Do you support animal rewilding? What is the best Netflix original TV series to date? And lastly, do you worry more about the past, present or future? With each of these discussions being accompanied by polls, which you have the chance to vote on at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen. And these discussions will be open until the end of the song break between each topic.
1: But first, last week we asked for you guys to send in your opinion on the question. What is one thing lockdown has made you appreciate more or learn about yourself? Uh, And we've had some really, really nice and uplifting things uh, come in. The first is from Evie. Evie says, this might be really soppy, but I've really learned to appreciate my family more during lockdown. Basically, I've been stuck at uni during lockdown because I was really stupid. I didn't come back up to Manchester, where my family is, when lockdown began. And then I couldn't really get a train and I don't have a car down at uni. And now here I am. It's just me and one other person in our uni accommodation. So it's been really quiet. And I've just really just had to rely on my family to help me get through this time. I always took them for granted because when you always have access to them or have lived with them for literally 18 years of your life, you can forget how important they are sometimes. Now I can't wait to be back at home with them all. Even my little brother, who is the most annoying person, in the world uh george uh, <laughs> what would you make of that i mean have you appreciated your family more since, since lockdown yeah i think i mean it's
0: such a lovely opinion from evie there um and i think it is times like this where you do really appreciate those that are around you um and i, I hope evie that your little brother isn't listening to the show but um <laughs> i i I've been very lucky that I've had my uh, sister and my mum. I've been living with my sister and my mum during this pandemic and during lockdown. And I must admit, I think when we first kind of went into that lockdown, I did have the kind of speculation that we might possibly fall out. But it hasn't been that way at all. We've, I think we've actually all kind of grown closer together um, and we've really learned to appreciate each other's company. Um, and we just have been able to learn to really laugh a lot more and i, I don't know the, the the whole concept of everything of of being able to live together has been has been really really lovely and i'm actually very very happy that my sister moved back um home to my mum's so we could all be together. The one thing that I will be honest, I have found rather hard of not seeing my dad. Uh, my dad is living in uh, Tankerton, which is a little few miles away from me. Um, and obviously because of lockdown, it's meant that I haven't been able to see him. Um, and that I found that very hard. Normally on Sundays is, is when I would normally spend most of the day with him. Um, and I haven't been able to do that obviously for the last however many weeks it's been. And it has definitely been hard not being able to see him and being able to give him a hug or anything. Um, and it's never the same just talking to him over Zoom call or anything like that, um, because obviously you're not actually seeing that, that individual in person, but yeah, it really, really has made me appreciate not just my f- friends, but sorry, not just my family, but my friends as well, the people that I have around me. And um, I, in a weird way, I think uh, as our friendships as well, I don't know if Callum will agree with me, but I have kind of gr- grown closer because Normally, during normal times, you we don't normally talk that much, but it seems to be nearly every single night we have at least a video chat or we have a quiz once a week. And it's been really lovely just keeping that spirit going and keeping all our smiles on our faces, I suppose. What What
1: about you, Callum? Have you appreciated being at home a lot more with your family? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly have. a Certainly, especially early on, I think, during lockdown. I mean, I, I similarly had reservations like you George in terms of our, I was maybe a bit worried you know w- what's this going to be like suddenly living back um, with, with my family for indefinitely really and, and even kind of worse in many ways than, than what it is normally when I come home because obviously we've not really been able to go um, outside and you know it, if you're going to go and um, go for a walk with someone it had to be someone you lived with anyway so um, it you know th- there was all those kinds of, of worries but I, I definitely um, have kind of grown a little bit closer to my family I think during lockdown and, and certainly appreciated the little quirks a bit more in terms of our friendship group I mean similarly to you George um, uh, as you say I mean we've been video chatting virtually every night although I don't always uh tune no, in on ev- every video chat but um <laughs> certainly you know three or four times a week which is more than what we we was um really for the last couple of years really I think we were probably as a group speaking at, at least once a week I would say normally but to suddenly go from that to three or four times and and with you guys even daily sort of thing it's it's been really nice and you sort of get back those little in jokes that you used to have and and those like um nice close relationships that maybe we used to have in school that in a sense you you come come out of them a little bit more wet once you kind of expand your circle once you go to uni and go to work and things like that Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So let's move on to our second opinion. And it's from uh, Michael. And they say the NHS, and that's in capital letters, just so everyone's aware. Um, not to say that I never appreciated the NHS, but I never really thought about just how hard their jobs are on a daily basis. These doctors see people die every day. They are on the front line putting their lives at risk for us. Just think about that for a second. There are very few people who can say that they go to a job to save other people's lives every day. And in doing so, they are putting themselves at a huge risk I would clap every single day if that's what we needed to keep the
1: NHS running well Callum I'm sure you probably share Michael's thoughts yeah definitely I mean it's it's definitely brought out in in everyone I think a, a real appreciation of, of what the NHS does and what really I suppose all, all the people that have been classified as key workers during the kind of worst of, of this crisis, um, suddenly you, you just realise how important people that you know um, stack shelves in supermarkets are, and, um, and and how important train drivers are, and things like that. And and it, you don't really, you didn't really maybe appreciate them before that. But obviously, specifically with the NHS, I mean, as Michael says, you know, put, actually physically putting their life on the line every day um especially during this crisis it, you can't help really i think but but take your hat off to them and and want to see that they're kind of properly rewarded i think um after this uh, this kind of or oh, crisis that has has passed um i mean I've seen that this week the the founder of the clap for carers um, movement said that she thinks maybe this week um, coming, this Thursday, should be the, the final of those um, Cat for Carers events. But, but she thinks that going forward, we need to find a way to, to kind of better reward these, these key workers in, in the NHS and in, and in social care. And I think I definitely would kind of echo that. We, we need to find a better way um rather than just clapping obviously clapping's had its um moment as such but now we need to find a better way to make sure that we're really really rewarding the nhs because as michael says they do such such great things um george what what did you make of michael's opinion
0: yeah i mean i i will very very much echo everything you have just said callum i think that through this time we have really learned to love and appreciate all of the key workers that have been able to go out there and ensure that that we keep alive, essentially, and ensure that we can keep getting our food and and keep getting our medicine and keep well, and and especially the NHS. The NHS has been absolutely amazing through this whole pandemic. And I think that they have been um, the absolute soul of ensuring that we have got through this pandemic in one piece Um, and the amount of lives that they've saved and and been able to help through this whole period is heroic, to be honest with you. And yes, I I think that the clapping on Thursdays has been absolutely glorious and being able to go out in the streets um, and clap every Thursday and see everyone come out has been really, really special. And I I have loved doing it. But I do think that it unfortunately has has lost its kind of importance. and, uh, And I think that the government must now secure a pay rise for those in the NHS and even certain key workers as well to to really recognise the work and the dedication um, that those in the NHS, the staff, everyone from the cleaners to the doctors um, to the consultants, they really, really need to to have that recognition to ensure that um, we can say thank you to them properly for everything that they've done over the last two or three months
1: definitely definitely agree with that Uh, moving on to the last opinion then from Tasha Tasha says I spent a lot of time focusing on how to deal with my mental health better and trying to learn how to cope better this has been a really challenging time for me being stuck at home for all of this time not being able to see anyone or socialize and just being around my family the whole time it's been a lot I've started trying to learn coping methods from the internet and I do think I've picked up a lot of tools on managing mental health and just being able to stay calm and accept the things that you can't control. I think it will probably all go out of the window as soon as we're back to normal but it's helping me for now so george getting kind of your mental health in check i mean that's obviously a really brilliant thing from from tasha to be doing isn't it
0: oh absolutely and um i think it's affected everyone and and i think tasha by able i think you've done something really good by being able to recognize um possibly the 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 problems that you may have and then actually being able to try and conquer those with with processes and and, and ways of dealing with the situations that you're facing and i that's that such a positive and you should be incredibly proud of yourself for doing that um and and i i think so many people through this crisis during lockdown have faced um mental health issues i'm sure many people that never even realized that they really had mental health problems that they have also felt that i mean one of the biggest things that I felt during the first part of lockdown, um, I was very, very lonely during the first part of lockdown. I mean, going to work every day without anybody in the office, it was incredibly hard. Um, and it was just peculiar because I am someone that feeds off other people's laughter and happiness and stuff. And it was very, very hard, but it is about accepting that and working out how you get around those problems. Um, and as such, I, I have got around those things now, but it, I think you've learned this time has been able to teach so many people how to deal with things that maybe they didn't realize they had, but Callum, what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's obviously been a really challenging time, um, for everyone. And I think from my perspective, I've probably learned some more kind of coping mechanisms as well, in terms of if I'm feeling particularly down or, or, or glum or, or things like that, I will either go for a nice long walk, or I'll go for a run, or something like that. And um, I've actually been really good during lockdown at actually going out and doing those things. I, I mean, I was probably aware that they they are good for my mental health before lockdown, but during lockdown, I've actually made a really really big effort to just go out and do them. Sometimes, even when you don't feel like it. Um, and and I think that's that's been good. And kind of similarly to Tasha, I suppose, in finding those ways of coping and then trying to take those lessons obviously going forward post lockdown right then uh, remember we'll be announcing what the question would be for you to send in your opinions on at the end of tonight's show so make sure you're ready for that for the chance to be featured in this segment of next week's show but we've reached time for the first song break of this evening so we'll be back very soon
0: Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So let's move on to our second discussion of this evening. And we're asking do you support animal? Rewilding. So, rewilding is the large-scale restoration of ecosystems where nature can take care of itself. It seeks to reinstate natural processes and, where appropriate, missing species, allowing them to shape the landscape and the habitats within. Rewilding encourages a balance between people and the rest of nature, where each can thrive. It provides opportunities for communities to diversify and create nature-based economies for living systems to provide the the ecological functions on which we all depend, and for people to reconnect with the wild nature. With rewilding, we could see animals like the lynx, wolves, wild boar, bison, beavers, osprey, and even moose being introduced into Britain. But Callum, how do you feel about this? Are you happy with the prospect of going for a walk and maybe bumping into a wolf?
1: (laughs) brilliant it's like something out of um uh little red riding Hood or something isn't it well i mean you could be uh, at the red riding if you want mate i will i will uh <laughs> i i think definitely in principle i support animal rewilding um i think it's been shown that in terms of in, introducing big predators back into environments although that sounds like something that's really really scary but i, I think it's it's actually vital, quite often, for ecosystems to, to thrive. Um, so, for example, in Yellowstone National Park in the states, they in- reintroduced wolves, or, or rather, they gave them kind of more scope um, to roam. Um, and by doing that, they kind of monitored the and uh, affected and regulated the. Um, behavior and the population of the overpopulated elk species there. So those numbers went down and because those numbers went down, it then then meant that the aspen population, um, which was quite often overgrazed by the elk in the past, actually ended up growing back a lot. So it, so it shows how introducing one species back, the wolf, um, can have kind of bigger, wider effects that's beneficial for everyone. Um, I think also there's a real chance for kind of ecotourism to take off with the reintroduction of of species in a controlled and kind of managed way. Um, So for example, um, in in Scotland with the reintroduction of the beaver to to Scotland or parts of Scotland, that they've seen a, a kind of boost in in ecotourism there, and and kind of um, walking trails that take in and look at these things happening, and this this kind of nature in action, um, without obviously um, damaging the the, the beavers and and what they're doing there. Um, and and in terms of introducing the beavers I mean it's it's also had a really beneficial impact in terms of the wide nature around Scotland um so they similarly to with the wolf it's it's led to the aspen and willow population from kind of expanding um, and kind of um, the aquatic vegetation as well as flourish because of the way in which um, beavers, um, uh, carry out kind of for foraging and um, so so I think in principle I'm definitely definitely supportive of animal real wilding I think there's a couple of things to probably take into consideration which maybe we'll kind of come back to but um, I, I'm interested to hear what, what you think George are you, are you supportive of this oh absolutely I there is uh, no denying that I
0: absolutely love animals um, and I absolutely love nature I mean I'm as sad that I can Tell most wild bird species of what they actually are and things, but um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's the uh, strange things in life that get me yeah. far. Um,
2: that,
0: <laughs> I, um, I think it's a fantastic idea to reintroduce those animals that were once extinct from um, Britain, and to to make sure that they're thriving again. And I think that as Callum has rightly been pointing out through through what he's been saying is that. An an ecosystem really requires on each level of species to be in place because otherwise you see um, the lower tier level of that ecosystem um, actually do too well. We've seen that in many things. If you look at kind of um, I believe it's in London where they introduced deer and the deer, are the population is so big now that it's actually rather uncontrollable. Um, And that has happened again in, in many different areas. So by introducing a pack animal herbivore like that it really and truly then entitles you to introduce a predator such as wolves or or lynxes and i'm not saying that we should put wolves in london that would be terrifying (laughs) um but it's definitely an idea to ensure that we are actually having that balance in our ecosystem and in terms of global warming and, and what we are seeing going on there those kind of things that that will be in place just naturally through introducing ecosystems like that. It's actually really beneficial to ensure that we are reducing our carbon footprint and, and introducing those animals that can actually help either spread um, trees, seeds or you know, grass seeds and things like that, because it is so important that they, they also get developed as well. That is also all part of the ecosystem. Um, I I know there have been trials in Scotland of the reintroduction of wolves as well. Um, But the way they've done that is in kind of put them into a national park, um, which is all fenced off. So they can't go wandering off into any kind of neighboring villages or anything like that. (laughs) Um, But I think that it's always quite a nice idea. I remember when I was younger and and used to watch these nature programs with David Natterborough and he used to go to to to. Africa or somewhere like that and they used to be able to go on safari and see these lions and and all of these amazing creatures whether they were herbivores or carnivores and back here in in England i mean yes we do have some of the most beautiful wildlife but we don't really have that that bigger um, predators or that magnificent large herbivores either and I think by doing this Callum is so right in saying that we could really get that kind of tourism back of of people coming to this country to actually experience and see what our wildlife is about because that we haven't seen some of these animals for hundreds of years in this country and to have them back adapted to kind of a modern life I think it would be incredibly impressive and something that we should be incredibly proud of and and, and it's a a campaign that I think we should all definitely support. What do you think though, Callum? I, I, I mean, I do can see some of the negatives of this of that there is definitely always the possibility that when you introduce a creature, especially a predator that they can really destroy an ecosystem if you introduce them too well. Um, do you think the level of safety actually outweighs, um, us introducing things like lynxes and wolves um
1: and even bison actually because they can be rather aggressive as in so like the the safety fears would mean that we shouldn't introduce them yeah right um i think it, it very much is kind of case dependent um i, I think what you're asking tapped upon a big problem that we have in the uk in terms of rewilding efforts in the in comparison to somewhere like the states where they have a lot more places where there's wide kind of connected expanses of land we are much more limited in the uk and we don't have those those places as much i mean you made the reference earlier to in scotland obviously having kind of a big national park but there isn't Compared to in the States, there's not as many of those in, in, in the UK, certainly, that are big enough, really, to to play home to a, a rewilding effort. Um, and, and I think that does show kind of some of the limits in terms of safety. And you would have to obviously make sure um, that if we're going to be introducing predators, that we're not going to be seeing them kind of roam in the streets of Blackpool like um killing people sort of thing <laughs> uh, or attack or attacking people um so, so obviously uh, on a kind of more serious note in terms of that we've got to make sure uh, and that there is a wide enough space of land that that these these efforts really are sustainable um I suppose. I, I mean, the other kind of negative, I think, from, from what I can see, and it's what a lot of farmers are bringing up, is is the potential economic cost for them in terms of reintroducing um, predators. So um, back when they were first thinking about um, introducing wolves back into Yellowstone Park, um, one kind of study estimated that oh, oh, one recovered wolf can um or, or pop, wolf population rather can kill up to 19 cattle 68 sheep um and and i just wonder, george do, do you think because of those kind of things because of the cost it could have to farmers who obviously already are struggling do you think we should maybe not support animal rewilding because of that well it
0: I, my counter argument to that would be is that there have been many studies on this in, in Africa regarding um, lion populations and them going off feeding off cattle. And the way to counteract that is by ensuring that the, the predators actually have enough food available. They will only go and scavenge farm land like that if they don't have enough food in their own territory. And. Um, so I think we should only be introducing predators such as wolves um, if there is the, the sufficient uh, kind of food for them in the area that their territory will be in. Is that? Do you think that is kind of a fair argument?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, again, the, the probably the issue with that is that in the UK. To what extent are there those spaces similar to to in 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 Africa where there's you know large expanses of lands that mean that it will, really would be like uncharacteristic behavior to roam towards uh, a town village or 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 city. I I suppose I'm I'm conscious of the fact that maybe some animals will still be so close that it wouldn't be that uncharacteristic to to go towards a town. Yeah, yeah. And how do you think this poll is going to go? I think. Um broadly people will support animal rewilding. So I'll say 70% will. What about you? I'm gonna uh oust you
0: and say seventy-five percent of people will say that they support this. Um, but it is now time for our second song break of this evening. And remember to vote on the poll. Do you support animal rewilding? And you can do that wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen, and we'll be back after this. Hello and welcome back. So before that break, we asked the question, do you support animal rewilding? And you guys have been voting away, so the results are in. And 71% of you said yes, you do. And 29% of you said no,
1: you don't. Well, Callum, we can call that one a draw, I think. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with my win, George. There we are. (laughs) Right then, uh, time to move on to our Third discussion of this evening and we were asking what is the best Netflix original TV series to date? So figures from April suggest that Netflix is, Netflix, uh, is worth <laughs> 194 billion US dollars showing what a giant the service has become The number of subscribers to the service in the UK has risen every quarter since 2014. Within the final quarter of 2019, it estimated to reach 12.4 million households. Given this juggernaut status, it is no surprise to say that Netflix has produced some fantastic television. Looking exclusively at those TV series which were commissioned and created solely for Netflix... What is the best Netflix original TV series to date? Would it be The Crown, Bojack Horseman, House of Cards, Stranger Things, Black Mirror or other? George. What do you think? Well, I am going to have to hold my hands up here. I've done
0: a callum here where um, I haven't actually watched most of these things that are on the list. Really? Um, Yeah. I mean, I've watched The Crown, absolutely loved The Crown. How could I not? It's about the royal family, my extended family. Um, (laughs) And um, I absolutely love The Crown. The the actresses and the actors that they've been able to get into The Crown have been so well thought out. um, And the way they've actually been able to portray the characters that they are playing have been well just a, a miracle I think that there has been sublime really really amazing um but for for once then I never thought I would actually see this that I'm actually gonna bat for the other option here um I think that we have missed quite a key player off of here and, and that of course is afterlife um I absolutely love afterlife i think ricky gervais has been very clever with what he's done with how he's written it and also um acting within it as well and i i it's a very touching series i i will hold my hands up that in the last um season that they did i i did cry quite a lot through it um and because it is so touching and so well written and i think it's a very i mean i think it's still trending at number one on um the, the british netflix and that's because it's so superb in in the way that it's been done but i i definitely think that in this case other will be coming out on top rather strongly um but how about you callum are you a man of of house of cards or, or bojack <laughs>
1: Uh, I've, they're the uh, they're the only two I haven't seen, Jules, Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, House of Cards is something I de- definitely um, I definitely want to watch. House of Cards. Um, I think it certainly would be well up my my street in terms of obviously about uh, about politics and about um, kind of the, the the race to the White House and then I, I believe kind of staying in the White House afterwards as well. Um, so, so obviously that's. From what I hear, is a very, very good um, TV show. BoJack Horseman. I've got to say, I, I really don't know much about it. Obviously, it's an it's an, an animated um, but adult series. As such, I mean, kind of akin, I suppose, to, to Family Guy, Simpsons, South Park, that kind of thing. Um, but it's not something I've I've ever watched. It is something I'd be interested in seeing because I do generally like American Dad and, and Family Guy and things like that. So it's probably something I should try out. Um, but I think probably for me, the best Netflix original TV series to date is Stranger Things. Um, I I think there was maybe a a little weakness in the second season of Stranger Things, but it it was back to its best in in season three. I kind of love the nostalgia that that they have within there. I think it's become a whole kind of cultural phenomenon, um, uh, Stranger Things, and and that kind of link to to the 80s and and stuff like that. I think the cast is really good in that as well, especially considering that they're obviously kind of verging on teen child actors that that sort of age um and and i just think it's it's got a really really good premise um black mirror i think as well is, is a fantastic series i mean obviously because it's more like a kind of anthology type series it's a little bit hit and miss sometimes i think which is why i wouldn't say it's necessarily um the best netflix original um tv series but then again i i kind of I haven't seen every episode of that so I can't really say for sure but there's definitely some where I've watched and I thought it's just not quite as good as as kind of some series where every episode virtually is is kind of amazing. Um in terms of other George I mean you mentioned you think that, that that's going to to win overall um but is there any other um TV series in terms of Netflix originals that you think we, we've we missed off from there that people will be voting for?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think there is uh, another one. <clears throat> that i also personally love which is the stranger um that was a series about all different kinds of things and it was it was a very um you had to really really watch it really focus on it because there were different kind of stories going on and there were different plot twists as well and again the way that story had been told was really 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 good and, and i think every single episode i watched I was always amazed at the end of it by how confused I was and, and what was actually going on. And it really made you want to keep watching and watching and watching. Um, and I, part of me hopes that there is another one, but the other part as well kind of thinks that it had such a good ending that I don't know whether it, I want it to go on. I feel like it would potentially ruin the first um, series if they did that. So I kind of want it to end where it has ended. But yeah, for me, it was it was... So so good. And I would watch it again. Um, definitely would watch it again, even though I know what is gonna kind of happen. I always think by watching something again you pick up on different things that you didn't the first time around. Um but I i do think that other's gonna be incredibly strong uh in this vote. But how about you, Canon? What things are or sorry, I should say shows. What
1: shows are you gonna put in the other category that you um have watched? Um, so Obviously, you you mentioned afterlife. I, I mean, I think the first season and that was really good. I haven't seen the second season still, so I can't say for sure. I mean, I'm I'm not excited about watching the second season because I, personally, I just thought they'd already done what they needed to do in the first season. But I do hear the second season is really good, so it's definitely it's, it's something I, I need to I need to, to finish as such. Or or I think there's going to be a third season as well. Actually, there is. Um, In terms of the other other others, uh, I I think The Last Kingdom is something that I watched, which is a Netflix original. I think it originally started off on the BBC, but the last few seasons have been Netflix originals. Um, And that's a a really good show that kind of is based around the Saxon Chronicles and follows a guy called Uhtred um, through that and kind of the the building of of what becomes England as such is, is what it's all about. Um, I don't think that's the best TV in the world. I think it's quite um, Hollywood in many ways, but but I do really enjoy that. And I, I suppose, George, I, I think you're right in that probably Other's going to come really, really high here. But uh, but aside from Other, what do you think is going to be the, the highest named TV series here? um oh dear that's a question and a half Callum why did you have to ask me that um
0: (laughs) I do you know what I I'm going to go for the one that that I love the most out of those named ones which is the crown um I however though I do think it will probably be stranger things but I I think that the crown has has been very good um so I I would like to think as in a named series on here um the crown will come out on top how about you Callum
1: yeah, I personally think that probably Stranger Things will come out on top um, just because, as, as you say, I mean, it's just so, so popular, really. I think Black Mirror will do really well as well because they're the kind of shows that are really popular with with our kind of um, age group, I think. Right then, um, it's time for you guys to vote away on this poll. Remember that question is, what is the best Netflix original TV series to date? You can do that at wizardradio.co.uk for slash listen. And those options, again, are The Crown, Bojack Horseman, House of Cards, Stranger Things, Black Mirror, or other. And we'll be back very soon. hello and welcome back so before the break we asked what is the best netflix original tv series to date and we have i think our first ever win for other on, on this show <laughs> uh so other got 32 percent uh stranger things got 22 percent the crown got 19 percent house of cards 18 percent uh black mirror seven percent and bojack horseman two percent so george i take my hat off to you you were right on it that time well done Thank you very much. I mean, I think it was last week, actually, we were
0: saying how it was It was a very close week where we said, um, when will other
1: actually win this? And uh, tonight is the night. Yes. Yeah. Some wild things are happening. Strange things are happening. I should have yeah. said. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah should we, should we move on from that yeah let's, let's do it yeah, let's, let's try and forget that ever happened i'm
0: very sorry ladies and gentlemen um let's move on so uh to our fourth discussion of this evening um and as always say the most important discussion and we're asking do you worry more about the past present or future so of course in life we worry about things that we do or encounter along the way looking at your past can often make you worry about what implications your previous actions might have in the present or even the future looking at what is happening right now it is normal to worry about how the choices you make today could affect your future planning ahead is always a great thing to do as it allows you to set yourself goals and achievements for yourself but by doing this it may make you worry about keeping to those plans and possibly not achieving the goals you have set yourself but Callum what do you think on this which one of the options do you worry about the most the past the present or the
1: future I think it's really hard to say with you know real certainty I think what what I worry about the most but I think it's really regrettable to say but in a way I think I worry a lot about the past which I think at first reading you're like well how why would you worry about the past it's already happened as such but but I think very much I my present actions and i suppose future actions are quite often determined by the mistakes I've made in the past and a consideration of what I've done in the past and, and sometimes I think I, I, it would be better for me if I try to live in the moment and try and, and f- almost forget the mistakes you make um, to a certain extent rather than sometimes you can dwell upon them too much rather than just take the lesson and learn it. Um, so, so I think for me, I probably actually worry about the past the most. Um, what about you, George? I'm interested. <laughs> Are you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um So uh, this kind of goes back to the thing that we talked about um, on a previous show regarding, do we regret things that we've done in our past? And I always try and look at things that the things that I've done in my past, I cannot change whatsoever. So what is the point in ultimately worrying about them um, and making them cause havoc on what is going on today or even in the future? Um, I try and look at things in the past as if they are lessons rather than mistakes and that, um, I've actually learned something from them. So when I come to those situations again, I can um, make myself better and and react better in a a better way. But for me, I I try and live my life in reacting in the now rather than worrying about the past or even the present sorry the future because i think the present is the thing that you have control of the present is the thing that you can actually change if you want to change and the actions that you take are the things that are in your control so for me i think that the present is definitely the thing that i suppose I worry more Um, and I put worry in, in quotations that you can't see my hands, but that's what I'm doing. Um, and I, I just think that it, that is a, is a really positive way to have, have of life because it's the only thing that you can really ultimately control. Yes. I totally agree. You could argue that you can control the future, but the future isn't set in stone. You have no idea what is coming up. Yes, you can make plans, but you can never always keep to those plans. And I, I myself have future ambitions and things I would like to go and do in the future. And, and, you know, there are things that I definitely want to happen in my life, but I don't think it's as such as saying, I want it to happen now at this time, at this date, while I'm this age, Um, I would rather wait until that time is right for those things to happen and and whatever it may be um so that is why i would definitely argue that i worry for the present whether that's Mm. right or wrong who knows Uh, maybe that's my old man opinion coming through
1: Uh, and do you think it's changed with age though Do do you think that maybe you worried less about the future when you were younger, whereas now, okay, you you don't worry about that the most, but do but do you think that you do worry about that more now than what, what you did when you're in your teenage years?
2: Um,
1: I don't know. I think possibly when I was in my teenagers, when I was at
0: school looking at my future, because I think when you're at school, you're encouraged to look at your future, to see where you want to do, what you want to go and be, and everything like that. You know, you're 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 pushed to either go to university or go to a job and, and you'll you're kind of pushed to make your key life choice at the age of eighteen when yeah. in actual fact you sometimes don't have any idea what you're doing. So I think in that in that mindset, I'm not sure whether I do so much worry more about it now. I think the from things that have happened in the past in my life, it's allowed me to appreciate everything that's been happening in the present. Um, and whatever happens in the future happens. And I look forward to whatever happens. And it's not something that I choose to really worry myself over. How about you kind do you think you've seen that Swift in yourself changing yourself, sorry, or do you think that you're actually worrying more now than you did um, when you were a teenager?
1: I think I probably worry about the future more now than I did when I was a teenager. Cause I, I think the thing is for, for, for me anyway, that, that when you're in school, you're kind of told that you can be anything and maybe I was naive, but I, I in a sense, I, I believe that I think, whereas obviously not to uh, um, put a downer on, on all of our listeners dreams or anything like that. But <laughs> I think real life can be a, a lot harder than that. And, and, because maybe I am not achieving those things that I would have expected I would have done by this age in, um, in school. Maybe that means that I'm worrying more about what my future looks like than what I was when I was a teenager, when you are kind of like, Oh, it's fine. I I can achieve anything. So, so it'll it'll be good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, I definitely do see that point of argument. And how do you think um, people will vote on this?
1: Um, i think most people worry most about the future i think followed by the present what about you
0: okay i'm gonna say the past
1: if i'm honest
0: um but there is only one way to find out and that's for you guys to vote on this uh poll do you worry more about the past present or future and you can do that at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen and we'll be back after this hello and welcome back so before that break we asked do you worry more about the past present or future and the results are in so 48% of you said you worry more about the future 33% of you said you worry more about the present and 19% of you said you worry more about the past well Callum is that surprising at all I mean obviously not because you said future
1: (laughs) yeah no I'm I'm happy I said Two out of three for me tonight, George. So um, I'm, I'm really, really happy with that. And obviously, you get it wrong as well. Love it. Ob- obviously, you can tell the future. Uh, yes, exactly. Look into my crystal ball all the time. All right, Callum. We don't yeah. want to know about that. <laughs> um, so thanks for listening
0: to To Be Discussed with Kupanger. We hope you've enjoyed this episode
1: so as mentioned earlier for the first segment of next week's show we'd like you to send in your answers to the question if you could have one superpower what would it be and why you can send in those opinions by email to station at wizardradio.co.uk or through twitter that's at wiz radio so remember that question is if you could have one superpower what would it be and why and we're looking forward to hearing those next week but it's now time for george and i to say ciao for now So I've been Callum Gurr. And I've been George Cup. Remember, everybody,
0: stay positive, keep smiling, because it is almost over, I promise. But thanks very much for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week at the same time and the same place for another episode of To Be Discussed.
2: MyPatriotSupply.com